Recorded live. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. I am your host, Black Ice, and Brother Joe, who's out there, is our reader for tonight. Brother Joe, can you hear me, my, my brother? Oh, let me, I'm sorry, let me unmute Brother Joe. Brother Joe, can you hear me, my brother? Yes, brother, I can, I can, I can hear you loud and clear, brother. Very good, very good, very good. Um, tonight's lesson will be on You Shall Know the Truth, and the truth shall make you free. Again, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So what is it that we're not privy to that led Jesus to speak those words, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free? And if we don't know the truth, then what is it that we do know? The opposite of truth is falsehood, and I am here to declare today that a lot of what we learn in our various house of worships, brothers and sisters, has been falsehood. According to what's written in the Bible, not according to what I'm saying, not according to what um, Black Ice believes, or uh, but according to what's written, and that's the only thing that we deal with on this show, is what's written, brothers and sisters. So um, we ask that you go get your Bibles. We ask that you go get your pens. We ask that you go get your paper because we want you to take notes on today's show. Um, if you leave this show just listening to it and not taking notes, then you may walk away with information but not know where to find it when you are looking for it. And on this particular show, we try to um, diffuse all of that where you're not only – being taught, but you're also educated on the show also as well. So if you could go get your Bible, your pen, your paper, and follow this lesson, take these notes, because we're going to give you scripture. It's one thing to say things, but to give you scripture support is a totally different thing. So we're going to go ahead and start our YouTube recording and our Facebook Live recording. So if you are on Facebook Live and if you are on YouTube, you can actually follow this video as well as brothers and sisters are following the actual live feed, which you are on right now. You are on the live feed, those who are called in. And, again, we thank you for doing that. So we're going to go live on both YouTube and Facebook Live. In 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, uh, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Our Facebook listeners, our Facebook Live listeners, and our YouTube listeners, welcome to the show. We want to thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. Again, share this video. If you're watching this video, share this video right now. We are dealing with the subject matter. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Let me tell you a story before we go into our lesson. One day truth and a lie went swimming together. And when Lie saw Truth on the, on the water naked, in the water naked, Lie went and put on Truth's clothing. And now what we have is the naked Truth, and he's trying to catch up with the well-dressed Lie. Again, what we have is the naked Truth, and he's trying to catch up with a well-dressed Lie, brothers and sisters. But we got the Lie tonight. So we're going to expose that Lie for what it is, even if we learn about the Lie in church. We're going to expose it. If we learned about the lie that was passed, um, if it had been passed down from our parents or our grandparents, we're going to expose that tonight. Um, so let's go ahead and deal with our first scriptures. Brother o and brother um, Joe, are you still out there? Yes, brother. Yes, brother. Okay, well, we're going to go ahead and start with our first scripture for tonight. We're going to deal with uh, John, the book of John, the eighth chapter. 25 to 32, John, the 8th chapter, verses 25 through 32. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Go ahead, Brother Joe. John 8, 25 through 32. Then said 
Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus said unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning, I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak unto the world those things which I have heard of him. They understand not that he spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me. I speak these things. And he said, and he that sent me is with me. The Father have not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. So he says, all, all those things that please him, the Father has not left me alone, and I'm not walking alone. So when you see me, you see the Father, the miracles that I'm doing, I'm doing that in the Father's name. I'm not taking no credit for anything that I do. I am the Son. That's my Father. I am only a reflection of him. And if you want to give me the credit, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want it. I'm giving it to the Father. All things that I do is to please him. Continue at verse 30, my brother. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my words, then are ye my disciples. So Indeed. what happens, brother Joe? If you do not continue his word, are, are you going to continue to be his disciples? Brother Joe? I didn't hear you. I'm sorry, but we say no. He said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed? Well, what happens if you don't continue in his word? Do you still continue to be his disciples? No, brother. You won't. You won't continue to be his disciples. So it's okay, brothers and sisters, for us to go to church us to get a good word, for us to follow Jesus, but in following Jesus, we have to follow what his word says, brothers and sisters, not what we feel. Now, just because you're a good person don't mean that you're following Jesus, because there are statutes, laws, and commandments associating associated with following Jesus. So, again, a good person is different from a follower of Jesus. I want to make that distinction because, again, we could be a good person at heart, but we could be doing a lot of things that are breaking the laws that are written in this book that Jesus gave us to follow. And a lot of you say, well, um, black eyes, we're no longer under the law. We're under grace. Well, I do believe that we're under grace because man still is living. We have a grace period to get things right. Grace is defined in the Bible as a free gift. However, the definition of sin, according to the Bible, is the transgression of the law or the breaking of the law. So I ask those who say that we're no longer under the law, does sin still exist? And if sin still exists, then there must be a law that's being broken in order for sin to exist. So, brothers and sisters, again, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Verse 32, my brother, John 8 and 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Again, Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So let's deal with some of this truth compared to the falsehood that we've been taught all of our lives, brothers and sisters. Let's look at this image that many of us look at when we enter into the church. It is around the necks of a lot of quote-unquote Christian brothers and sisters, and that is the image of the cross. Again, the image of the cross. Well, let's see if the image of the cross is a permissible thing for you and I to do who consider ourselves to be Christians. Again, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall what, Brother Joe? The truth shall set you free. Shall set you free or make you free, brothers and sisters. So let's go to the book of Exodus, the 20th chapter. Let's find out about this image that's on a lot of our churches, this image that a lot of people wear around their necks. You can see it from everywhere. 
and it is the symbol or the image of what's considered to be Christianity. Exodus 20, verses 1 through 5. Exodus 20, verses 1 through 5. Let's deal with this image called the cross since, hey, we supposed to have been taught the truth. This cross was supposed to be an image of our religious belief. Exodus 20, and let's go ahead and read it, my brother. And God spake all of these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Stop right thou there. Stop right there. Now, he said, I brought you out of the bondage in Egypt. I am your God, not Pharaoh. Because if Pharaoh was your God, you would still be in the land of Egypt. But I am more powerful than any Pharaoh or any Egyptian God that you ever, ever could have imagined or learned about. I released you from the bondage of Egypt. But since you've been so ingrained in Egyptology, and since you've been so ingrained in the gods of Egypt, i got to give you Ten Commandments. And let me give you some of the first ones that I want you to honor and accept. Exodus 20, let's do three and four and five. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Stop right there. He said, thou shalt not make unto thee, talking about you and I. What's the next word, Brother Joe? After he said, thou shalt not make unto thee. Graven image. Before graven. What's the word before graven? Say my brother, I can hear you. Any. Any, brothers and sisters, any. That applies to any and everything. So what? If you thought that it was a good idea to do this or to do that, that's what you thought. But God says, your thinking is not like my thinking. Your ways is not like my ways. So I'm not going to leave any room for any error. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Continue, Brother Joe. Or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. So don't make me no images of no dove and say this is a symbol of my religion. Don't make me no symbol of what you think is an angel, which you've never seen one, and say, well, this is a symbol of my religion. Don't make me no images of no fish, brothers and sisters, and put it on the back of your car with Jesus, the name Jesus, the word Jesus, in the middle of the fish. And say, oh, this is a good thing. This image to put on my car is a good thing. This image to put around my neck is a good thing. This image to put on my bedroom dresser of a crystal angel is a good thing. This is a symbol of my religious belief. He say, don't do that. And the word that he used was any. Any graven image, any likeness of anything in heaven above or the earth that is beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Continue, my brother, at Exodus 20 and 5. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and chewing he said, don't bow down yourself. First of all, don't make them. Then the second thing that he said was, don't bow down to them. So a lot of people say, well, I don't bow down to my cross. I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't bow down to them. Well, what about the part when he said, don't make them? And if he said, don't make them, then that also applies to don't buy them, brothers and sisters. But we have been passed down a form of religion from generations and the generations and generations that was before us that taught us that these things were okay to do. But now that we know better and we can read this book for ourselves, the question is, 
are we going to do better now that we know better? Let's go ahead and get up out of this, Brother Joe, and let's go ahead and read some more scriptures. Let's go to the book of Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter. Deuteronomy, turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter, verses 16 through 19. Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter, verses 16 through 19. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, brothers and sisters. Let's find out some more about this image called the cross that we've been lied to about. Somebody came and gave us misinformation. Some did it on purpose. Some did it through ignorance. Nevertheless, it was done. They told us, man, take this symbol. Put it on your neck. Put it in your home. Put it on your church. And it's even worse when you see it in the place that you trust is going to teach you the word of God. Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter, let's go at verse 16. Let's see what these things do to you. These images corrupt you, brothers and sisters. Deuteronomy, fourth chapter, verse 16 through 18. Let ye corrupt yourself and make you in a graven image in the substance of any figures, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any beast, that is on the earth, the likeness of any wicked, winged flowers that flyeth in the air, the likeness of anything that creepeth on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the waters beneath the earth. And lest thou lift up thy eyes unto heaven, and when thou seest the sun and the moon and the stars, even all the hosts of heaven, should have been driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord thy God hath divided unto all nations under the whole heaven. But the Lord... Can you hear me, brother? Ice. Okay, my brother, I'm sorry about that. We are back on live. We had a little bit of technical difficulties. I need you to read that for me one more time, my brother, one more time. Deuteronomy 4, 16 through, I believe it was 8, uh, 16 through 18. Go ahead, my brother. Lest you corrupt yourself and make you a graven image, the substance of any figure, the likeness, of male or female. That's not right there. Now, on many of the crosses, brothers and sisters, on many of the crosses, they have an image of a man, of a Caucasian man, a Gentile, which we know, brothers and sisters, according to the book, that Jesus was not a Gentile. According to the book, we know that. He was not of the seed of Japheth, which you can find in the book of Genesis, the 10th chapter. If you are a Gentile, that means that you were born of the seed of those Caucasians that came out of Europe. We know that Jesus was not born of that seed. He was born of the seed of Abraham, which is called a Shemite, brothers and sisters, or one of the children of Israel. He was an Israelite. So the image that they put on the cross is the image of a Caucasian out of the European continent with long, stringy hair, don't even represent the image that was represented in the book of Revelation that Jesus would fit. However, it's the image of a man on a cross. And Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter, verse 16 says, Lest ye corrupt yourselves and make you a graven image, the similitude, which means similar, the word similitude comes from the word similar, which means just like. 
the similitude of any figure, there's that word any, again, the likeness of male or female. So you can't have crosses around your neck, number one. Number two, to put an image of a male on the cross is an additional violation from having the image itself in the first place. Deuteronomy 4 and 17. The likeness of any beast that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged flower that flieth in the air. What about the doves, brothers and sisters? We see the doves all the time as an image of Christianity. We see the praying hands as the image of Christianity. The cross, an image of Christianity. The sun around the head of a man who is posing as Jesus. The image of Christianity. It's all pagan worship, brothers and sisters. In the name of Jesus, how do you think he feels when you put these images on his name? He's telling you how he feels. Um, Brother Joe, let's go ahead and continue. Let's go to another one. Let's go to the book of Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter. We're still in the fourth chapter. Let's go down to 23 through 25. Deuteronomy 4, 23 through 25. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Go ahead, my brother. Deuteronomy 20. 4, 23 through 25. Take heed unto yourself, lest ye forget the covenant of the Lord, your God, which he made with you, and make you a graven image or a likeness of anything which the Lord thy God hath forbidden thee. So he's forbidden us to do these things, brothers and sisters. Now, we just went to three different places. And read in this Bible where he forbids us to carry around images that we believe in our heart because he don't believe it or else he would have wrote it down. We're going to tell you in a moment who invented the cross for a symbol of religion, Christianity, brothers and sisters. We're going to tell you in a minute who was it that gave you the cross since Jesus didn't do it. God didn't do it, brothers and sisters. We're going to tell you who it was in a moment. But right here, he says, the Lord has forbidden you to do these things. Why is that, Brother Joe? Read verse 24. For the Lord, thy God, is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. When the thou Lord shalt... is a consuming fire and a jealous God. Continue at verse 25. When thou shalt beg a children and children's children, and ye shall have remained long in the land, and shall corrupt yourself, and make a graven image, or the likeness of anything, and shall do evil in the sight of the Lord thy God, to provoke him anger. Brothers and sisters, many people who have committed crime have done it with a tattoo of a cross, with a cross hanging around their neck, with a cross in the in the ear, brothers and sisters. So the cross don't stop you from evil behavior. So he says, brothers and sisters, right here, he says at verse um, 25, he says, And shall corrupt yourselves and make a graven image or the likeness of anything, and shall do evil. In the sight of the Lord, brothers and sisters, what do you think that Aaron and the children of Israel were doing when they were released from the bondage of Egypt and Moses was up there in the mountain getting the Ten Commandments? What were they doing? They were making an image, brothers and sisters, of a golden calf. The golden calf is just as bad as the cross. The cross is just as bad as the golden calf. Let's go ahead and read a little bit more, brothers and sisters. We got a couple of more, and we're going to get into another part of this one. This is called, You Shall Know the Truth, and the Truth Shall Make You Free. Psalms, the 97th chapter, verses 1 through 7. Psalms 97, 1 through 7. Psalms 97, 1 through 7. Go ahead, my brother, when you have it. The Lord ringeth. Let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of owls be glad thereof. Clouds and darkness are round about him. Righteousness 
and judgments are the habitations of his throne. A fire goeth before him and burneth up his enemies around about. His lightning enlightening the world. Earth saw and trembled. The hills melted like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The heavens declare his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. Confound be all that serves graven image and boost themselves of idols. Worship him, all ye gods. So, brothers and sisters, we're going to start right there. They're talking about the majesty and the glory of God, but see, and then it goes to verse 7. It says that confounded be all that serve graven images. In other words, many people are not going to understand who are watching this or who are listening to this. Many people are not going to understand what I am saying because they've been lied to for so long, brothers and sisters, that when someone comes and tells them the truth and read it out of this book called the Bible, the truth is going to look like a lie because a lie has looked like the truth for so long, brothers and sisters. But tonight you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Get rid of those images, brothers and sisters. Get rid of those crosses. Let's go to the book of John 4. John 4. And let's read 22 through 24. John 4. Well, you know what? I don't want to go there right now. Let's go to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 42, 5-8. Isaiah 42, 5-8. We're still talking about these images, brothers and sisters. Because somebody has told you that these images represented God. So we're going to tell you the truth about it. Isaiah 42, 5 through 8. When you have it, my brother, you can go ahead and read. Thus saith, thus saith God the Lord, the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread it forth the earth, and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thy hand, and will keep thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles, who open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison houses. So the Lord said right here, I'm going to do these things for you. I'm going to make a covenant with my people. Okay, children of Israel, and you and I who are descendants of the slaves that came through the transatlantic slave trade, we are the children of Israel. He says, I'm going to make a covenant with you because I want you to be a light to the Gentiles, brothers and sisters. I want you to go and teach them. And I want you to open the blind eyes, brothers and sisters. And tonight we are opening the blind eyes because what you once thought was acceptable to God, we're opening your eyes and showing you that according to his word, it is not acceptable. Let's go ahead and finish this with verse 8, Isaiah 42 and 8. What about these graven images? I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. I'm not going to give praise to graven images, brothers and sisters. So if they are in your houses of worship, if you're looking towards this image as you're praying to God, brothers and sisters, then the image becomes a representative of God. And God said, no, I don't want you to use any image to represent me because if you need something to see, then you don't have faith. Crosses are for people who don't have faith. Golden calves were for people who did not have faith. Doves and, and, and praying hands were for people who didn't have faith because they needed to see something. They needed to see something that represented the uh, 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 image of God. And God said, I don't need an image. Because faith 
is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Can you see a cross? Yes, you can. Can you see praying hands? Yes, you can. Can you see doves? Yes, you can. Can you see God? No, you can't. But you have faith that he exists. And all he wants is for us to have faith that although you cannot see him, that you believe that he exists. And you don't need nothing to remind you that man has made that he exists because you can look around in his beautiful creation and know that there, if there is a creation, there is a creator that created it. Let's go ahead and go to the book of Habakkuk, Brother um, John. The book of Habakkuk, the second chapter. The book of Habakkuk, the second chapter. And we're going to read verses uh, 18 through 20. The book of Habakkuk, verses 18 through 20. Book of Habakkuk. Second chapter, verses 18 through 20. Go ahead, my brother. What prophet, the graven image that the mark thereof hath graven, it the molten image and a teacher of lies, that the maker of his work trusteth therein to make dumb idols? These are dumb, brothers and sisters. God calls these things dumb. He calls the cross dumb. I'm not saying it. We're reading it right here in the book of Habakkuk. What profits the graven image, the cross, that the maker thereof have graven it, the molten image, and a teacher of lies? Are your pastors teaching you that these things are acceptable to the Lord? Are they embracing these images inside of their houses of worship? A teacher of lies that the maker of his work trusted therein to make dumb idols. This is in the book. Let's read verse 19, my brother. Woe unto him that saith the wood, awake to the dumb stone, arise, it shall teach, behold. It is laid over with gold and silver, and there is no breath at all in the midst of it. There ain't no breath in the cross. There is no life in the cross. There is no breath in these images and these symbols that the church has placed in front of us to say, this symbolizes our God. This symbolizes our religion. He calls it dumb, brothers and sisters. The Lord, this is the Lord. Speaking right here, brothers and sisters, again, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, brothers and sisters, we're going to take a brief detour, and we're going to go to the Internet and Google some things. We're going to find out where the origin of the cross came from, where the origin of the cross came from. And when you read the origin of the cross, you're not going to find where Jesus gave this to quote-unquote Christianity. And again, Jesus never came to give man religion. He came to give man the word of God. The word of God. Not religion, but the word of God. So let's find out according to to the Wikipedia and the Encyclopedia where the cross came from. And when you do your research, you find a man named Constantine who was an emperor. So let's read a little bit about this man named Constantine who gave the world the symbol of a cross to represent Christianity. It says, as Constantine and his soldiers approached Rome, he was a Roman emperor who worshipped the sun, brothers and sisters. As Constantine and his soldiers approached Rome, they were about to face what is known as the Battle of Mil Milvian Bridge. According to the customs of the time, those who employed divin div divination by such means as reading the entrails of sacrificial animals were called to give advice. It says, 
in the case of Constantine, he was told that the gods would not come to his aid, that he would suffer defeat in the battle. But then in a vision or a dream, as he related later, there appeared a cross to him and the words, in this sign we conquer. The next day, October the 28th, 312, he advanced behind a standard portraying a cross. He was victorious in that battle, defeated his rival, and professed conversion. Brothers and sisters, this Roman Emperor Constantine, who was, who was a sun worshiper, had a vision of a cross with a sign over it that says, or with words over it that, that wrote, with this sign we conquer. So this Gentile out of Europe was the one who instituted the cross as the symbol of Christianity, not Jesus, not the Father, but this Caucasian Gentile from Europe, Roman Emperor Constantine is the one who did it. So my question to you, brothers and sisters, is do you have faith in Constantine or do you have faith in Jesus? Go look it up for yourself. We're not sharing any information on this show that you cannot go and verify and look for yourself. So Constantine and the cross, brothers and sisters, Constantine was also the one who changed the Lord's Sabbath day from Saturday to Sunday, the day of the sun, because he was a sun worshiper. So he said, you know what? On the day of the sun, I want all the stores closed. I don't want nobody doing any business on this particular day. Sunday is the first day of the week, brothers and sisters. Look at the calendar on your phone. Look at the calendar on your wall. When you go to the left, all the way to the top of the calendar to the left, the first day is always Sunday. The last day or the seventh day is always Saturday. But did Constantine keep the laws and the commandments of the Lord to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, set that aside? No work on that day? Constantine said, no, I'm not going with what the Lord said. I'm greater than the Lord. I'm going to make the Sabbath day the first day of the week on Sunday versus what the Lord said the seventh day of the week and on Saturday. And on top of that, I'm going to give my religion, Christianity, the symbol of a cross. So what are the two major things that we are doing in Christianity today? We are going to church on Sunday, the first day of the week, and we have the cross as the symbol of Christianity. You shall know the truth, brothers and sisters, and the truth shall make you free. That's not it, brothers and sisters. Let's go a little bit deeper in today's lesson because, see, one of the biggest Christian holidays that celebrated is Easter. Another one is Christmas. And each of these holidays have symbols that represent its holiday. What does Easter have? It has the symbol of an egg. It has the symbol of a rabbit. What does an egg and a rabbit have to do with Jesus? But we go to church on Easter Sunday. We dress up. We go downtown. I did it too, brothers and sisters, when I didn't know any better. Not knowing that Easter was the worship of a sex goddess by the name of Venus and by the name of Esther and by the name of Isis. So depending on what nation that you were in, the name changed. In Egypt, it was Isis. In Rome and Greek it was Venus, and it was Demetria. <laughs> Do your research, brothers and sisters. Type in the words, the image of the woman of Easter. You're going to see a naked Caucasian woman with big breasts. That's who Esther is. That's where the term Easter came from, because the breast, the, the, the breast represented, brothers and sisters, fertility. That's why they were so big, because they represented fertile, fertility. That's why the goddess 
of spring, Easter is celebrated during that time of the year, around spring, because it's the time in nature when leaves grow back on the trees, when grass comes up out of the ground, when things in hibernation come out of hibernation. So they had a god that represented spring, and they called her Easter or Esther. And the symbol of an egg represented new life. The symbol of a rabbit represented fertility. And today, Christians all over the world celebrate these images of a pagan goddess by the name of Esther or Venus or Isis. You you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So the judgment is on you according to the word of God. Are we going to continue to celebrate Easter knowing that it's the celebration of a pagan goddess? Look it up for yourself, brothers and sisters. Don't take my word for anything that I'm saying on this show. Go verify what I'm saying by your research. I've done the search. Now you do the research, brothers and sisters. Re means to do it again. What about Christmas? Christmas has symbols of a wreath, brothers and sisters, which is in the shape of a circle which is also the shape of the sun. That whole December the 25th celebration was about worship of the sun in the sky. December the 21st is the shortest day of the year. That's the day when there's more darkness than there is light. According to Egyptology, the god of the sun, Horus, was killed by his uncle, Set, on December 21st, which is called the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year. So the uncle set, and this is where you get the term sun set from, because he killed the sun, Horus, S-U-N, the sun god, Horus, on December the 21st. But Horus was in a grave for three days and three nights, December the 22nd, December the 23rd, December the 24th. And what happened on December the 25th, brothers and sisters? Horus was raised from his grave. So what did they do to commemorate Horus? They put a tree up and they put balls and lights and shiny things on the tree, brothers and sisters. So the balls on the Christmas tree represent the planet. The light on the Christmas tree represents the constellation of the stars in the sky. So when you read about Horus, Go and do your research, brothers and sisters, and read these titles that Horus has. And I'm going to show Facebook. Read these titles that Horus has. They're all over. The information is for you. Horus had the same titles that Jesus had. Let me read some of these titles to you that Horus was given. The Manifestation, Son of God. The First Man, God. The Anointed Son of the Father. As I am the resurrection and the life, the prince of peace, the light of the world, a child born of a virgin. Did you know that Horus' mother was Isis and his father was Osiris? I'm giving you this information because, see, the tree didn't come from the worship of Jesus or from Jesus himself. Let's read about this tree, one of the symbols, uh, Brother Joe. Let's go to the book of Jeremiah, the 10th chapter. Book of Jeremiah, the 10th chapter. Let's see if God wants us to put these trees in our home and decorate them, because remember, he said, make no images. Let's go to Jeremiah, the 10th chapter. Let's read to the people about these images. We talked about the cross. We talked about the egg. We talked about the rabbit. Now let's talk about the tree. Jeremiah, the 10th chapter. Let's start at verse 1. Hear ye the words which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathens are dismayed at them. Stop right there. Now, verse 2 says a lot. It says, thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen. Learn not the way of the Gentiles, these other nations, brothers and sisters. Don't learn their way. Well, the first question that I would ask God is, what ways are they? 
What customs? Ways is another word for customs. What is it that they do, Lord, that you don't want me to do? Because you ain't told me. You just said, learn not their ways. Then the second thing he said is, be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. Well, brothers and sisters, the only thing that we can see that's in the sky which is the second heaven, and read that in the book of Genesis, the first chapter, it tells you that the firmament is heaven. So there are three heavens, the earth, the sky where the sun, moon, and stars are at, and then the third heaven where the Father and the Son and the angels are. But this particular heaven is talking about is the one that we could see where the sun is at and the moon is at and the stars are at. He said, be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. What are some of the signs? You got shooting stars, you got eclipses, you got meteorites, you got all kinds of things that you can see from time to time happening in the sky, the heaven that we can see. But don't be amazed at those things, because if you get amazed at those things, you're going to start making yourself images. So, don't learn the way of the heathen. Lord, would you please tell me what some of these heathens do that you don't want me to do? Jeremiah, the 10th chapter, verse 3, Brother Joe, let's go. For the customs of the people are vain. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the works of hands of a workman with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that is moved not. Stop right there. So the customs of the people, this is what they do. They cut a tree out the forest, okay? Verse 4, they decorate it. The word deck is short for decorate. Deck the halls with boughs of holly. Decorate the halls with boughs of holly. Fa la 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 They deck it with silver and with gold. They put shiny things on these trees. They fasten it with nails and hammers that it moves not. In order for it to sit upright in your house, it has to be on a base, brothers and sisters. Now, we're not going in the forest. We're just going to Walmart. So we just going to wherever they're selling trees at. But the Lord said, don't do these things because these images are what the customs of the people, these nations, these heathens were doing. They were putting trees in their home, and they were decorating it with silver and gold, shiny things, because, see, those shiny things represented the stars and the sky. Aren't they shiny when you look at them? The balls represent other planets. Aren't the planets round like the balls, the moon round like the balls? And then on top of the tree, you got a big old star, which represents the north star and the sky. Then you have sometimes little angels. Images of angels all over the tree. It's a form of worship, brothers and sisters. Whether you believe that you're doing it for worship or not, this is where it originated from. And the Lord said, don't do it. So how can we be Christians and have a quote-unquote Christmas tree in our home? You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. What does the Lord call these things, Brother Joe? Read verse 8, Jeremiah 10 and 8. Tell me what the Lord calls these. Well, you know what? Did we finish reading? No. Let's go ahead, verse 5, then 8. Go ahead, my brother. They are upright as the palm tree. But speak not, they must needs to be bored, because they cannot go, but not afraid of them. For thou cannot do evil, neither also is. And it is it, sorry, neither also is it in them to do good. These trees are upright like the palm tree. They don't speak. Why would a tree be speaking? Because they were idols. Idols don't speak. That's why it even mentions that. They must needs be born because they cannot go. They got to be carried because they can't walk. Don't be afraid of them. For they cannot do evil, neither also is it in them to do good. But we place these things in our home because somebody told us that this was acceptable for us to do. And this was celebrating the birth of Christ, which was not even born in the month of December. But we are celebrating Horus when we are participating in the Christmas 
celebration, brother and sisters. Let's read what the Lord calls these traditions that we do when we're celebrating Christmas and participating in the things that are associated with Christmas. Jeremiah 10 and 8. But they are all together. But they are all together brutish and foolish. The stock is a doctrine of vanities. So earlier in the scripture, it called engraving images made out of wood and stone dumb. Here it talks about putting trees in our home and decorating them brutish and foolish. See, I know it's going to be difficult to give up some of these things that we've been doing for so long in our families. But brothers and sisters, your own salvation is in your hands. It's not in your parents' hands. Maybe they passed it down to you. Maybe they didn't know no better. But the Lord said, I don't need images. I don't need balls. I don't need Christmas lights. I don't need stars. I don't need crosses. I don't need doves. I don't need praying hands. I don't need fish on the back of my car. Imagine, brothers and sisters, how silly it would look that if it was written that Jesus was killed during his day by a firing squad, if that was the capital punishment of his day. And in 2017, we will be walking around with guns around our neck like we do crosses. Or the church symbol in the windows and on the top of the church will be rifles. Listen to how silly that sounds. Imagine if the capital punishment of Jesus' day was hanging by rope. And in 2017, we will be walking around with little ropes around our neck with a man in the rope saying, this represents my Jesus. Imagine if Jesus was killed by electric chair, if that was the capital punishment of his day. Imagine how silly it would look if we would be walking around with chains, with electric chairs charms around our neck, or the image of a man sitting in an electric chair around our neck, or what the church have on top of the church the symbol of an electric chair, if that was the capital punishment of Jesus' day. Imagine if the capital punishment of Jesus' day was death by lethal injection. And in 2017, we will be having hypodermic needles charms hanging around our necks, or the church would be displaying images of hypodermic needles to symbolize the death of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, we don't need none of that. The Bible tells us it's not important. It's against the Ten Commandments. We don't need none of these images. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Do you have enough faith? To believe in a God that you cannot see, yet you know exists. Without any images, without anything that you are given to say, hey, this represents your God. Well, he wants you to have faith like that. You know why? Let's go to John, the fourth chapter, verses 22 through 24, and find out why he wants us to believe in something that we cannot see. God is not made out of flesh and blood. He's made out of spirit. Can you see anything that's spirit? It's invisible, brothers and sisters. John 4, 22 through 24. Go ahead, my brother Joe. We worship. Ye know not what we know. What we worship, our salvation, is of, of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is when the truth worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Stop for the, right Father. the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. 
giving us the image of a cross is a lie as it represents or pertains to Jesus. Worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. 24, Brother Joe. God is a spirit, and and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You got to worship God in spirit, brothers and sisters, and in truth. So are you going to share what you've learned today? Are you going to go back and share this video? Are you going to copy down these scriptures that we have given you to prove our ministry tonight? Are you going to research Constantine and the origin of the cross? Are you going to research the pagan origin of Easter and Christmas? Or are we going to continue in the lies that have been passed down from generations and generations and generations before us? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Let's go ahead and close out, Brother Joe. Let's go to 2 Corinthians, the book of 2 Corinthians. I believe, Brother Joe, it is the 11th yeah. chapter. Let's go verses 1 through 4, because we're going to read about, see, there is more than one Jesus. There's the Jesus of this Bible, and then there's the Jesus of this world. I choose to worship and honor the Jesus of this Bible. But when you talk about Christmas, that's the Jesus of this world. When you talk about Easter, that's the Jesus of this world. When you talk about the cross, that's the Jesus of this world. And it also comes with another doctrine. So there's more than one Jesus, there's more than one doctrine, and there's more than one spirit. So we want to make sure that you got the right Jesus, the right doctrine, in the right spirit. Second Corinthians 11, 1 through 4. Let's go. Would to, would to God ye could bear with me a little in my flaw, and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may, I may present you as a test version to Christ. But I fear, lest by all means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. Sorry. So your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. God makes this thing so simple, brothers and sisters, that even a fool could understand it. But he said, people are coming and corrupting your minds and my mind by coming with these big words, by coming with these suits and ties and speaking articulately, knowing good words. And you're amazed at them thinking that they know something that you can't learn yourself. But if you get into this word, do your research, you may become more educated than your very own pastor, especially if he's not teaching this truth, brothers and sisters. Again, we can't get into a personality contest. Oh, I love my pastor. I've been in my church for 14, 15, 16 years. But are they teaching the truth in the church that you belong to? That's the most important thing, brothers and sisters. And if they're not teaching the truth, then where are you getting your truth from? Or are you getting the truth at all? And if you're not getting the truth, then you may be participating in things that you think is the truth, but is of a lie. And only you got the answer to that, to God. Let's go ahead and read number four. Let's find about these two Jesuses, these two spirits, brothers and sisters. Um, let's read about it. Second Corinthians 11 and 4. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit which ye have not received, or another gospel which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. And, and the only way you can bear with him is to show him 
the word, brothers and sisters. If somebody comes to you preaching another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit which ye have not received, or another gospel which you have not accepted, you might well bear with him. Second Corinthians 11 and 4. But you know what, brothers and sisters? Let's read what the Bible calls these ministers and these preachers, brothers and sisters, who are teaching lies in the name of Jesus. Second, see, every preacher that is preaching and every teacher that is teaching is not called by God to do so. Everybody that's doing it is not called by God, and the way you find that out is to see if what he or she is teaching lines up with the word. If it don't line up with the word, then they're not called by God. Second Corinthians 11, four, uh, 13 and 14 and 15. Let's see what the Bible calls these preachers and these teachers who are telling you that it's acceptable to wear crosses or to celebrate Easter or Christmas and calling them religious holidays. Second Corinthians 11, 13, 14, and 15. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no marvels for saints himself is transformed into an angel of light. Thereof it is no greater thing if his ministry also be transformed as the ministry of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their work. What does it mean by whose end shall be according to their works? Brother Joe, turn to Revelations, the 20th chapter. I'm going to explain to them what it means by it says whose end shall be according to their works. Now, brothers and sisters, these ministers got it worse than those who are listening to them. It says, such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. But it ain't no great thing because Satan transformed himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers be also transformed into ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Go and read the book of Revelations, the 20th chapter. This will be the last thing we read. What does it mean by whose end shall be according to their works? Every man, brothers and sisters, are not going to be judged on their heart. Oh, God sure knows my heart. He knows I'm a good person. You're not going to be judged on your heart, brothers and sisters. You're going to be judged according to your works. That's why we just read in the book of 2 Corinthians 11 chapter, it says, whose end, end, shall be according to their works. God is going to judge you. How is God going to judge you? Revelations 20 and 12. Read it, Brother Joe. Revelations 20 and 12. Go ahead, my brother. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the book were open. Stop and right there. Was... The books were open. What books are they talking about? The 66 books of the Bible. You can't be judged by anything that you are not knowledgeable of. So he said, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. You're resurrected now. And just like in a courtroom, you're standing before the judge. But you're standing before God, and the books were open, talking about the 66 books of the Bible. And it says, and what else was open, Brother Joe? Continue. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the book according to their works. How did it say that the people were judged, Brother Joe, according to what? According to their works. You're going to be judged according to your works, brothers and sisters. Let's read one more verse to confirm what we just read, Revelation 20 and 13. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and <clears throat> death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man, according to their works. According to what, Brother Joe? According to what? Their works. Brothers and sisters, you shall know the truth, 
and the truth shall make you free, brothers and sisters. Get in a good Bible-based church. Share this video. We give you scriptural support every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. on a different subject. Because as we learn, as we study, as we grow, you learn, you study, you grow. If you would like to be added to our text reminder blast, which means that we would text you right before we go on the air to remind you that we're about to come on, then send your name and the keyword Truth Hour to 312-719-7310. Brothers and sisters, we thank you for listening to tonight's show. We pray that you were edified and that God was glorified on tonight's show. I pray that there was nothing that I spoke today or that Brother Joe read today that was misinterpreted but was read directly from this book called the Bible in the form that it was written in and in the intent that it was written in, brothers and sisters. Again, I pray these things in the precious name of the Son of God, Jesus, Yeshua, so may it be. Again, brothers and sisters, if you want to be added to our text invite list, text your name in the keyword Truth Hour to 312-719-7310. We thank you for listening. We're going to go ahead and sign off our YouTube channel, Facebook Live. We will stay on because we want to go to the phone lines and find out what they thought about tonight's show. Thank you, brothers and sisters, on our YouTube for listening. Tune in next week, same time, 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. We have a Facebook group page in which we air live from, which is the Truth Hour Bible Show. Thank you so much. Peace and blessings. Let's go ahead and go to the phone line, Brother Joe, and find out what our brothers and sisters thought about tonight's show. Let's find out what our brothers and sisters thought about tonight's show.